This episode of Tech News Day is sponsored by Honey and by Raycon. God damn it. I mean, we figured that after showing off his extremely underwhelming robot, we'd gotten all the Elon Musk news we'd be getting for at least a week. Mm-hmm. Especially considering his trial against Twitter was right around the corner. But, but of course, here we are. Having to explain why, after half a year of bullshit, Elon is apparently buying Twitter. Again, after previously offering to buy it and then changing his mind and being sued over it. We're back to square one. Yeah, I mean, it's honestly exhausting, especially everything that happened between Elon Musk's initial bid for ownership of Twitter and his current exact same bid (laughs) for ownership of Twitter. As tech writer Casey Newton tweeted, Incredible to think about how much human effort was wasted over the past few months as Elon flailed. I read multiple profiles of a chancery court judge. I didn't even know what chancery court was going into this, and I wish I could clear some space out of my brain to make room for something relevant. Well, you never know when it's going to come up. And thank you, Elon, for instilling this knowledge into our brains. Definitely taking out something we could have used more. Yeah, but... Just the the last, like, dwindling memories of my grandfather. Gone. (laughs) So I can learn about Chancery Court. Uh Fuck you. (laughs) For us, we certainly wasted dozens of hours of our lives reading about and talking about this saga. And we will never get that time back. But hey, it's it's certainly content, and you can't have the time back either. Yeah. But uh, (laughs) let's just keep the content train rolling, because there is a new recent twist... Here's the New York Times from Tuesday. The months-long battle over Elon Musk's bid to buy Twitter has been massive in scale and drama. One of the tech industry's biggest deals in recent years, it has captured the public's imagination with cinematic twists that have been closely followed even by people who have never written a tweet. Now, Mr. Musk, in his surprise move, has added another plot turn. After months of trying to get out of a deal that he struck in April, the billionaire made a proposal on Monday night that could bring the acrimonious legal fight to an end. Mr. Musk said he would do exactly what he said he would do in April. Acquire Twitter at $54.20 per share, according to regulatory filings made public on Tuesday. Twitter, which sued Mr. Musk in July to force him to go through with the $44 billion deal, has yet to accept his new proposal and plans to add conditions to try and ensure that he doesn't change his mind again. <laughs> Probably a good call. I like their their perception, though, is like everyone's watching this with bated breath. Mm-hmm. The biggest uh, acquisition the whole world is, oh, oh, is it going to happen? And what will it mean for how great the platform is? And instead, everyone was just like watching with popcorn. Yeah. The complete train wreck as it happened, as this man and two companies continually fell down the stairs all summer long. So uh, it was a different kind of watching than I think they were going for. But it was, it was funny. Uh, yeah. It was all just very unusual, as, as things often are when Elon Musk is involved in any way at all. Yeah. He came out of this looking way worse for zero reason. Well, uh... Not only could it have not happened at all... Worse to you or I, but um, to his diehard fans, this just, you know, this adds another D to, like, 5D, 6D... Uh, we're at, like, 50D chess well, at this yeah. point. I mean, it's like, for the people who really want to know more about Elon, they got to read his text messages, his DMs, and stuff like that. So I guess, like, yeah, pretty cool for them. Yeah, I, I, I honestly, I don't know how, even as an Elon Musk fan, you can see how this turned out and think this is a a uh, smart businessman you're dealing with. I, I've really come to the point where I think any Elon stan stands, like people who are in earnest in mm-hmm. love with this man, in some shred are just desperately hoping that he gives them a million dollars. Yeah. 
Like I want to be. And that's why they fall close, for those yeah. those Twitter uh, spam bots yeah. constantly. They, Just like, hey, it's me, Elon Musk. Give me a uh, hundred dollars in crypto, and I'll send you a million dollars. Like, oh, okay. They feel like by entering his orbit, they will get some sort of like uh, divine inspiration for a product, or yeah, or get rich, or something like that. It's it's the new religion. Instead of heaven, uh, you get a free trip to Mars. Yeah. If you've been good your whole life and uh, shown. You know, the right amount of uh, reverence for the Lord, Elon Musk. So, look, just so everyone's memory is refreshed on how this all went down, Elon bought a ton of Twitter shares, then asked for and was granted a board seat, then changed his mind and offered to buy Twitter for $44 billion. This was considered overvalued at the time, but then the stock market began a sharp downturn, and $44 billion seemed even more absurd. Elon then backed out of the deal, claiming that Twitter has been lying to its investors for years about the amount of bots and spam on the platform, and Twitter sued Elon to complete the deal that they'd already spent months preparing for. The trial was set to begin later this month, and the legal discovery process has been very revealing for both parties, but especially for Elon. Oh, and at one point, a former Twitter executive released a whistleblower report accusing them of all sorts of nefarious and incompetent behavior. And now we're right back where we were six months ago, with both sides looking much worse than before. There are no winners. No. No. This was a rough-and-tumble fight in the schoolyard, and both egos... And every, every other part were bruised. Yeah, they're both walking home looking worse for wear. But maybe the school's better for it. Maybe. <laughs> Let those two fight. But yeah, the whole thing has certainly hurt the image of Elon that some people have, of him being some genius playing 5D chess. But mm-hmm. it's also definitely hurt Twitter. And a lot of that is directly the result of Elon spending months shit-talking the company that he is now buying for a wildly inflated price in the midst of a recession. Uh, Elon was literally accusing Twitter of being swamped with bots just hours before resubmitting his offer to buy Twitter. Mm -hmm. And side note, the context of that accusation was a little Twitter poll that Elon posted on Monday in which he gave his two cents on how to just fix the whole Ukraine situation by, uh, I guess, making a bunch of concessions to Russia, which resulted in most of the votes disagreeing with Elon and Ukraine's ambassador to Germany replying, fuck off is my very diplomatic reply to you. All these bots are being very mean. I, even the, the Ukrainian ambassador to Germany. Bot. Bot. Yeah. Typical bot behavior. If Twitter was full of real users, they would, of course, accept my proposal, and uh, and that's what we would do. Yeah. Because it's been decided by the majority. Mm-hmm. Anyways, the big question is just, why the hell Elon would pull a second 180 on the Twitter deal, and why right now? It is... It's just crazy. And the basic answer is that he was probably going to not only lose the lawsuit, but also face further embarrassment in the evidence used at the trial. Ars Technica spoke to law professor Robert Miller, who has been cited a bunch in Delaware Chancery Court in cases similar to this one. And he said, by this point, I think his lawyers have all the documents that they're going to get from Twitter. And it's probably pretty clear that there's nothing to that claim referring to Musk's claims that Twitter was intentionally underestimating its number of daily monetizable users. Yeah, so this part sums up just how extreme Elon's claims actually were, though. If Twitter had been engaged in a gigantic fraud about MDAO, in other words, if they really knew there was a better way to measure fake accounts than the process they were using, but they chose to use this one anyway because it produced the numbers they liked, but the real process that they themselves knew to be better came back with a number like 15%, if he could prove that, he'd be in great shape, Miller said. But that scenario would be comparable to an Enron-level fraud. 
a massive securities fraud in which anybody who was involved in the fraud and sold Twitter shares that they received as compensation during the fraud period would be guilty of criminal insider trading, Miller said. That makes it inherently implausible. Things like that do occasionally happen, but they're extremely rare, he said. Uh, And and this part sums up why Elon might cut his losses now instead of proceeding with a trial likely to force the deal anyway. Another reason for Musk to go back to the original deal is that he might not want to proceed with a deposition scheduled for later this week. Quote, I suspect, based on the little bit we've seen coming out of Discovery, that probably if Elon were to get deposed this week, there would be some very embarrassing questions asked about text messages and so on and what he said to whom and when, Miller said. I don't think he has a very good case at all, and being deposed when you don't have good answers to questions is very uncomfortable, Miller added. Yet another reason for Musk to close the deal now instead of proceeding to trial is that Twitter becomes worth less every day because of this trial, Miller said. (laughs) If Elon's going to end up owning the company, it's his own company that he's destroying at this point. Yeah. And if he's not just some, like, total, uh, you know perfect person who wants to actually destroy the company by buying it in order to uh, get rid of social media in general, then yeah, that would be cool. But it doesn't seem like he's like that. It seems like he's buying it to have a bigger... One of uh, his ex-wives, one of the text messages was like, can you please buy Twitter and destroy it? Yeah, good. Good for her. So yeah, I mean, if that was the goal, maybe that... No, it's definitely not the goal. It's not the goal. um, Yeah. So yeah, it seems that Elon, perhaps for the first time in decades, maybe ever had to actually contend with the notion that he was wrong about something and that continuing to insist he's right might damage his fortune and reputation. Would love to hear the call between his team of lawyers and him when it was already too late. Like, please. I said, make it so. (laughs) No, you don't understand, sir, sir. Mm -hmm. Uh, So yeah, this is, of course, Elon we're talking about, though. So he's already framing this as a victory, tweeting, buying Twitter is an accelerant to creating X, the everything app. Whatever the hell that means. Uh, my imaginary app is much cooler than this one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just I like, mean, that's pretty cool, but my imaginary app is so much cooler than yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's like every Elon product is like yeah. this thing that exists. Um, pretty lame compared to the thing that only exists in my mind. Yeah. Please give me money. It And, and calling it X, too. X. Really adds to the it can really be anything aspect of it. And that's the beauty of it. Yeah. All of your wildest dreams are contained within X. You just have to believe. <laughs> and it's it's so funny, too, because like in 2022, after literally a decade of oversaturation of social media networks and being social in general online, like what the world needs right now is an epicenter for all things social and every aspect of your life, uh, life run by Elon Musk. Yeah, sounds great. Yeah. Where do I sign up? Oh, I'm already signed up. Cool. It's, it's like when, when Where Facebook, do I not sign up? When Facebook tries to do everything, it's like, uh, well, one product that they're thinking of might be cool, but do you really want to live in an ecosystem controlled by Mark Zuckerberg? No. I, I open up the like actual web version of Facebook like a couple times a year, and it is like the ugliest fucking thing I've ever seen. I can't imagine. It's just it, like... <laughs> It's just, they're well, trying to be a million things at once. You they can't have to fucking the, find anything. It's like a detail slider on something where like as the uh, the average user age has gotten older, they've had to like reduce the amount of uh, uh, of like actual ways thing, things work properly. No, they've just added more and more. Oh, and they just keep pe- pe- <laughs> bolting it on? Facebook now looks like a, uh, you know, like circa 2002 web browser where you just click yes to adding every new oh, like okay. widget 
to uh, Internet Explorer. It's like cookie clicker for boomers. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyway, it's, to sum up this whole situation, this whole dumb saga, here's a tweet from Jared Holt. You order a sandwich for $5. The shop makes the sandwich. You claim the sandwich is moldy and that you won't buy it. Shop says it's not. You ordered it and owe them $5. You scream the shop is filthy. Pause, then offer to buy the sandwich for $5. That's billionaire mindset. Flex emoji. Although I would, uh, going forward, using the sandwich shop analogy for someone named Jared, probably not the best analogy to make. I'm just saying you can use it with anything. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Like this guy Jared's just like, boom, sandwich shop. $5. I don't know why it's uh, buried into my brain that people named Jared. Jared, Jared Holt is, is, is not Jared Folk. I know the difference between the he's people. A, he's a respected researcher. I'm just saying. With a pretty good podcast. Yeah. But uh, back to that X everything app thing, though. Uh, the stage that we're at now, it's at the same one that we were all in months ago, the first time that this deal was on the table. So uh, what exactly are Elon's plans for Twitter? And that's assuming, uh, of course, that he doesn't pull another fast one, since at least as of Wednesday, Twitter hasn't called off the trial because they're at least hip to his game. No. I don't think so. Because he, yeah, I, Linus or uh, Lucy and yeah, moving the, the football, football because yeah. he would technically get his initial wish if that happened, which was just to delay the trial. It would be really funny if that was his plan, though. Yeah, I mean that would make Twitter look really stupid. You change your mind, they cancel the trial, and then you say, "Ha ha!" Now you got to start a whole new trial. Yes, um, we'll just be in this cycle forever. <laughs> It sucks, though, because uh, human beings, they're just like AI. When you teach them things, they learn from them. Sorry, Elon, you can't keep tricking us. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, Twitter, uh, they haven't called off the trial, so he can't pull that one. Mm -hmm. They're too smart. But assuming that this is really happening, it's pretty clear that what Musk means by making Twitter into X, the everything app, uh, he's referring to WeChat, which in China is often described as the app for everything. WeChat does instant messaging, social media, payments, apps within the app, uh, etc. And it all sounds like what AOL was going for in the early internet, or what uh, Facebook has been going for more recently, which is how we described it earlier when saying that yeah. it was a bad idea. It's just trying to be everything all at once and failing at everything. It's essentially a, uh, it's a metaverse. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, he's like uh, the term metaverse is really getting a lot of bad press. I has it's Elon, the everything app. I wonder if Elon has said anything about the metaverse. I feel like he's been eerily quiet about it. Elliot, he's sitting. He has that one in his back pocket, waiting to pull it out at any moment. Yeah. So the cool thing about the metaverse is that we're all, when we're all living on Mars as slaves. Well, not me. Yeah. <laughs> when you're living on Mars as slaves, just getting pounded by radiation. Um, you'll be wearing a VR headset, so it won't be like this. It'll be like you're back on Earth. Yeah, you won't be living in this vast, freezing cold, uh, poisonous environment with just nothing to look at, just the same dirt, fucking red everywhere. Uh, you'll be in the metaverse, uh, having a great time. Yeah. And that's how we're going to do it. Aren't you glad you came on this trip with me, Elon Musk? Uh, but yeah, turning Twitter into the everything app sounds pretty lame if you're perfectly happy using Twitter for its specific but somewhat limited purpose, shitposting. Yeah, <laughs> dunking on people. Um, and yeah, the WeChat model is something that various companies have publicly said they're aiming for, even though even WeChat itself has failed to export the model to other markets. But WeChat makes bank off of its payments functionality, and Twitter has struggled for a long time to find another way besides ads to make money, so there you go. Uh, Musk got his big break with PayPal, so this is sort of up his alley. He's just going to buy the other Jack company. 
Block. Yeah. Sure, whatever. Uh, yeah, and the name of his first payments app, which ended up merging to form PayPal, was even called X.com. So, uh, yeah, mm. that's what's happening here. Project X, the sequel, this time with Elon Musk building a little uh, metaverse. I just can't see any scenario where I would want to uh, open up the Twitter app to, like, pay for something. My phone already has a wallet app, and I don't even trust that. Why would I trust fucking Twitter? Having said that, uh, after returning to Twitter to the company account, I can say that, uh, specifically if you're in our business, Twitter Blue is worth it. Uh, it simply for... He hates it. He talks so much really? shit. Really? Yeah, he's like, it's worthless. I, I like it because uh, I have actually used the unsend button like once or twice. Uh, I had to edit uh, something that was like spelled wrong or broken on mm. the tweet. Uh, and... The, the big thing for us specifically that I like using it for is that it has the past 24 hours of the most shared articles. Yeah, that's pretty useful. Yeah. Um, so it's good for, for news gathering. Yeah. But aside from the big picture stuff, Elon also wants to find a way to make paid Twitter Blue memberships more enticing for people that aren't running a YouTube news show. Uh, he wants to get rid of the bots somehow, of course, and uh, he wants to promote free speech by reducing content moderation and reinstating a bunch of banned accounts, including Donald Trump's. And the timing of that last bit comes right as the 2024 election cycle is about to kick off. And hell, if this deal is finalized quick enough, it will make the 2022 midterm election cycle pretty damn interesting in the home stretch. What an October surprise that would be. Yeah. Uh, but it would certainly not be in a good way. Um, it would almost certainly make things worse. And uh, it is funny that uh, he Trump might not even have Truth Social anymore because of the economic downturn and the amount of investor money that is tied up in his uh, SPAC offering, I guess. Yeah. So that's another thing that uh, is about to fall as well with the rest of the tech space, which would be really funny if uh, he didn't have a platform because of his own design, it fell apart. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting uh, next couple of years. You know what people love in the, in the 2020s? S-Packs. You know, you know what will never stop being the cool thing to do to get onto the stock market really fast? S-Packs. Yeah, they need to close that loophole. <laughs> I think they need to close that. Woo, baby. Check Ugh. all the IPOs that IPO'd last year and yeah, see what you find. Yeah, they're all S-Packs. And they're yeah. all companies that are like, why is this esports team on the New York <laughs> Stock Exchange? It's shit like that. Yeah. Anyway, that's enough Musk news for this week. Please, God. No more Musk spam. No more Musk spam. Great subreddit. They've been on fire this week. I'm sure. Also, Wall Street Bets has been on fire this week. Oh, they love it. He's one of them now. He's like, they literally had a post that like, now he's one of us. He understands the art of the deal. Yeah. <laughs> and they like, Wall Street Bets used to be like pretty pro Musk, not because they like especially like him, but because they well, he made money. money. Yeah, yeah. And like, they fucking hate him now. They think he's like a moron. They're, they're just talking so much shit on him. It's actually how I learned that this was happening is because I got a notification on my phone that Wall Street Bets was having like one of those like, uh, voice chat things <laughs> like yeah. they got the news and just immediately started a voice chat it was all these like fucking weirdos like i still cannot get into the uh, i've seen the twitter spaces pop, pop up for things and i'm like it's even something that i was like interesting in. it was this was like a month ago or something and i got in there and i was like i just don't care about yeah. like a live radio show with 15 people trying to talk um and i don't know who half of them are yeah and i don't um, like that they can see when you jump in yeah, that kind of blew, gave your cover away to uh, all of our uh, yeah, I tried crypto to, friends. I tried to spy on an NFT chat and I got called out. <laughs> the one small group of our friends that's still really into crypto yeah. is like, 
the hell is Elliot doing in there? <laughs> like, it's our son. It's there. It's there at the top of the screen. I I'd take Get a out! You don't have a, a hexagonal Twitter icon. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Moving on. Mm-hmm. It's October, the spookiest month of the year. Spooky, in my opinion. <laughs> so, uh, okay, Peggy Hill. So let's move on to some news that's at best a bit weird and at worst truly bone chilling. Mm. Uh, flying on a plane is already scary enough for a lot of people. Uh, in addition to fear of crashing, it, it just feels wrong that something weighing hundreds of thousands of pounds should be able to fly at all. It's an affront to God, and God has been known to be very vengeful of man's arrogance. But even if you're not afraid of flying, uh, hearing these sounds come out of the, the plane's intercom, bit unsettling. So that was actor Emerson Collins flying on American Airlines last month. And while those human-like grunts and moans are certainly odd, what's odder is that multiple other people then chimed in saying that they too had experienced similar sounds on other American Airlines flights recently. And that crew members said that they had no idea what was causing it. I I, I don't know. He's haunting the entire airline. What do we do? in the machine. Yes. You need to bring everyone, needs to bring Sage on board. Yeah. Uh, So the obvious answer would be that some prankster was on all these flights and either physically or remotely connected to the intercom system to moan and groan at random intervals throughout the flights. But that also seems unlikely because flight crew know where all the intercom stations are on a plane. And at least in the case of some of the planes where this happened, there was no way to remotely connect to the intercom over the air. A mystery. It's when Guitar Center made everyone learn how to play ukulele on that flight a while back. They summoned an, an ancient Hawaiian <laughs> god that is very upset to find uh, yeah. what has happened to his beloved sacred island. It hasn't yet gained enough power to fully appear in our physical realm. But in audio sense, even on the radio, you dial it to the little bit off the station. You start hearing this demon that people have summoned. Yeah. This is all Southwest's fault. Uh, but meanwhile, American Airlines' official response to all this, because it, it, they had to respond, uh, yeah. they said that there's definitely no way to remotely access the PA system and that it's actually just a mechanical issue with the PA amplifier. No, it's Havana syndrome. I mean, it, <laughs> there, are, there are similarities. But yeah, a mechanical issue with the PA, uh, that's not what I heard. This explanation is not satisfying. That's definitely the sound of a human being, not something mechanical. That's not gears rubbing up against each other. That's not interference. <laughs> and if it was, we'd be even more scared. That's a man going, ugh. Yeah. <laughs> so, places like Reddit and Twitter uh, is where the rampant speculation continued. Uh, one theory that sounded kind of convincing was uh, a prankster jacking some sort of Bluetooth receiver device into medical intercom jacks located throughout the plane and then making noises into their Bluetooth transmitter. But turns out this is a dead end because medical intercoms only communicate with medical staff on the ground. They don't, it doesn't go on the intercom. And also they're not even used anymore on American Airlines planes. They have some other system in place. So yeah, that one's out. A more convincing theory is that what's happening is due to the grunts and groans being present on the flight's pre-recorded audio messages. Basically automatic annou- announcements that play at various points during the flight, which are replaced with new files every couple of months. Maybe whoever recorded it inserted these sounds as a goof after a bunch of dead air, or maybe they accidentally forgot to start or stop recording and then immediately had sex with their partner. Yeah. Well, they stopped. All right, work's done. Like, so that basically with this theory, it's like it plays the announcement and then the file keeps playing for like five, 10 minutes, whatever. 
but no one knows to stop it because you don't hear anything. And then the grunt comes in much later. Yes. Yeah. Plausible. And it's because whoever was recording it was diddling. <laughs> so may- maybe the files are corrupted in some way. Or maybe there is a ghost haunting every American Airlines flight. A sleepy, frustrated, slightly horny ghost. I mean, it, it does seem just as likely as any other explanation. Uh, it is spooky season after all, and I am covered in ectoplasm. Yeah. <laughs> it's, you, a that's, spooky ghost. When, you, when you're on the plane and it's about to depart from the gate and you start seeing like the, the uh, mist coming through the vents, it's actually the ghosts trying to escape. And uh, when you pressurize the cabin, it pushes them back in. Yeah. It's how, it's how planes fly. And I think the sooner we come to terms with that, I mean, the actual physics explanation makes no sense to me. It's a big metal bird. It should be dropping like a stone. Mm. So, yeah, the idea that the way planes fly is actually invisible ghosts carrying it through the sky. Angels. Because ghosts can fly. Yeah. That makes way more sense than what these fucking uh, yeah, engineers, these aeronautical, uh, these, these quacks down at Boeing and whatnot. No, they're, uh, they're harnessing the power of ghosts. And now one of those ghosts has finally gotten inside the cabin. Yeah. And That's it's having happening. a great time. Yeah. Like, if you're a ghost and you come back to the, the physical realm, the first thing you want to do is come. Yeah. And, oh. <laughs> and that's the thing is the, the airline ghosts, they're all the ghosts of people who, uh, you know, complained or got physical with airline staff and have since died of COVID. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of them. Yeah. There's a lot so more there, ghosts. <laughs> it's, it's a, there's a lot of spooky shit happening because yeah. of that. <laughs> but speaking of unpleasant voices you'd prefer not to hear, uh, this country has a massive robocall problem. The average person's usage of voice calling these days is 10% phone calls and 90% scammers trying to rip you off. And that's being generous. I probably make one voice call a week and get called dozens of times Yeah, by people who, thankfully, my phone uh, recognizes as spammers, but in a lot of cases, no. And weirdly, in a lot of cases, I'll pick up, and maybe it's just because I don't sound like I'm a fucking 80-year-old man. Like, I, I say hello, and then just click. Like, this guy sounds too smart. Apparently, <laughs> some of them are just seeing if the number is still active, so that might be one of those oh or something. My God. But uh, yeah, for most people, it's just annoying. But robocall scams wouldn't be so prevalent if they didn't work. And they do, especially on uh, older people. Um, so yeah, this is the success rate. It's presumably very low, but the scammers are playing the numbers game. And unlike with email, where most of it just ends up in your spam folder, robocalls are a constant annoyance, but hopefully, and I feel like we've said this, you know, we've been doing this for like 10 years. I feel like we've said this at least three or four times, but hopefully it's about to get better. Well, the FCC under Ajit Pai was never going to do jack shit about this. The current FCC under, uh, War- Rosenworcel or whatever. Sounds like they, uh, they're they taking this more seriously. Good. Here's uh, Gizmodo. We've all gotten the calls. IRS and insurance-themed scams beamed to your phone via spoofed numbers from your area code. On some days, the robocalls can feel endless. A tidal wave of spam barraging my back pocket. I've been known to leave my phone on Island for days at a time because of the onslaught. Not a great habit for a journalist. But over the past couple of years, the Federal Communications Commission has begun taking steps to remedy the problem. Now, the crackdown continues with the looming possibility of phone provider bans. Seven companies, Acabus, Cloud4, Global UC, Horizon Technology Group, Morse Communications, Sharon Telephone Company, and SW Arkansas Tele- Telecommunications and Technology have received their final warning from the FCC. If these voice service providers don't comply with the commission's stir-slash-shaken standards, then they'll be kicked off the interconnected nationwide network of phones. Under the threatened ban, 
Phone calls made through these services would hit a wall before they ever reached the intended recipient. As for what stir slash shaken does. I love the, that's the number one rule of being in politics. You got to come up with clever names. And both of these, they're, they're acronyms. Of yeah. Uh, yeah, of course. It's America. Uh, <laughs> here's the verge with info on that and why it still isn't enough. The FCC's Monday announcement marks one of the most significant actions the agency has taken to combat illegal robocalls since the stir-slash-shaken requirements went into effect. In 2020, the FCC approved the rules forcing all voice service providers to verify the authenticity of incoming calls. By the FCC's June 2021 deadline, AT&T, T-Mobile, and Verizon, three major U.S. carriers, had fully implemented the tech. While the FCC has taken significant measures to combat illegal robocalls, it's only starting to address the growing threat of spam techs, according to Axios. Last week, the agency approved a proposal to start working on a new rule to require carriers to block texts from numbers that had previously been used in illegal ways, like defrauding consumers. It could take months before the agency could draft an official rule, Axios reported. Yeah, the text ones... Very annoying. Uh, yeah, especially the ones that are like, oops, wrong number. I'm just a, I'm just a hot chick. Hey, remember me? We met at the bar. Oh, it's not you? It's, uh, it's no. annoying as shit. And it's also, it's like, I don't want this on my phone. I immediately got to delete this. I'm like, I don't want that. Get rid of it. Yeah. You can report uh, on iPhone. I don't know if it's the same on Android, but you can report as junk now. On, yeah. Even on, well, before they didn't have it as like text messages. It, it wouldn't pop up for it. Oh, I don't know but if they for have. calls, it does it for text messages. I think they too. might. Um, yeah. But yeah, if I get a, if I get a like weird, like either spam, selling text or weird spec, I always like block, fully yeah. block the caller. Um, I guess a lot of these companies, like the seven companies they're going after, like a few of them, you go to their website. And they are just openly uh, advertising well, of course. their robocalling services. Yeah, like, and it's they, like, are, they are specifically marketing their product to spammers. Yes, and when the deadline hits and they get shut down, it's like, okay, well, let's make all the money we can until because we don't have a legitimate business. Yeah, there's here. no, there's no profit yeah. model to actually. Uh, thank you for make giving us here. a heads up so we <laughs> yeah. know to uh, prepare let's for the next. Get all the scams out yeah. while well, we still can. Yeah. Anyways, uh, we got a little bit more news coming right up, but first. This episode is sponsored by Honey. Mm. The easy way to save when <laughs> shopping on your iPhone or computer. We all shop online. We've all seen that promo code field taunting us at checkout. But thanks to Honey, manually searching for coupon codes is a thing of the past. Honey is the free shopping tool that scours the internet for promo codes and applies the best one it finds to your cart. Imagine you're shopping on one of your favorite sites. When you check out, the Honey button appears, and all you have to do is click Apply Coupons. You wait a few seconds as Honey searches for coupons it can find for that site, and if Honey finds a working coupon, you'll watch the prices drop. I recently had to replace uh, an Xbox controller, um, and I don't need a, a Why nice... Why you throw it at the wall? <laughs> no, it's just like one of the things... It, it's been a long time since I've replaced it because okay. I haven't replaced the console either. But uh, yes, I was very angry, smashed it. Anyways, needed a new one and I don't use it all the time so I don't need a big fancy one and I don't need to pay full price. Mm -hmm. So, went to a box store website and uh, sure enough, there was a coupon code that allowed me to save on shipping and get a percentage off. So, it was really cool. Nice. Honey doesn't just work on desktop, it works on your iPhone too. Just activate it on Safari on your phone and save on the go. If you don't already have Honey, you could be straight up missing out. And by getting it, you'll be doing yourself a solid and supporting the show. We would never recommend something we don't use, so get Honey for free at joinhoney.com slash itdaily. That is joinhoney.com slash itdaily. This episode is also sponsored by Raycon. Raycon. Ray <laughs> Raycon. Raycon's everyday earbuds look, feel, and sound better than ever. With optimized gel tips for the perfect in-ear fit, these earbuds are so comfortable 
They will not budge. Trust us. Raycons give you eight hours of playtime and 32 hours of battery life. Raycons are priced just right. You get quality audio at half the price of other premium audio brands. It's no wonder Raycons everyday earbuds have over 50,000 five-star reviews. Some great features of the everyday earbuds include three different sound profiles for a more personalized listening experience, an awareness mode to hear what's going on around you, and tap functions on the earbuds to access all the controls that you need without having to pull out your phone. When, I, uh, when you're I, out having a jog, awareness mode, great. Very useful if you're uh, maybe it's nighttime and you're in a subway metro station. But I, I, I wear mine. Uh, I love to wear them shopping. If I'm going on a big shopping trip, it's uh, shopping's very boring. It says, Distract I can me. hear everything around me, but please don't talk to me. Yeah. yeah. I'm listening to an audiobook here. Yes. I'm trying to learn. Do not talk to me. Yeah. I won't hear it. I don't have awareness mode on. <laughs> so go to buyraycon.com slash newsday today and use our promo code newsday to get 15% off your Raycon order. That is buyraycon.com slash newsday with the code newsday to score 15% off. Buyraycon.com slash newsday, code newsday. Links are down in the description below. All right, back to the news now. Uh, last week, we talked about how James Earl Jones had retired from playing Darth Vader, but had licensed the rights to his voice to Disney, who will use artificial intelligence to continue providing Darth Vader with his distinctive voice for the next thousand years. Mm. Uh, actors selling the rights to their likenesses so that they can continue appearing in movies after they're gone has been on the horizon for a while. And while the James Earl Jones news isn't very troubling, considering that Darth Vader is a cyborg with a canonically fake voice, if this kind of thing continues to happen, there are some pretty creepy implications to it. Yeah, for one thing, it could become a standard part of contracts with big movie studios. And actors have no choice but to sign off on AI voice and likeness stuff if they want to work in the big leagues. Come on, because everyone's doing it. Yeah, it's, they will just as easily go with someone else who Give will us your happily soul. do it. Uh, another thing is how it could affect the career opportunities of future generations of performance or performers. For example, if David Attenborough sells his voice, why would any nature documentary hire a human narrator when they could just pay to have a computer narrate with David Attenborough's soothing voice? Thirdly, it's just really creepy to imagine dead actors appearing in movies and advertisements after they're dead. It has already happened and we don't like it. Not a fan. But yeah, it didn't take long for another example of this sort of thing to appear. Last Friday, news broke via The Telegraph that Bruce Willis, who has retired from acting due to neurological issues which affect his ability to communicate, had become the first actor to sell his voice and likeness rights to a deepfake VFX firm, allowing him to continue appearing in movies and ads without actually having to do anything. Forever. Mm. And this wasn't really surprising. Uh, Bruce Willis's career strategy for the past few years has been to make brief appearances in as many shitty films as possible uh, to ensure that future generations of his family always have residuals coming in, no matter what. Yeah. It's pretty noble. It makes his IMDb page look real weird, though. Look, yeah, but it's, you're always going to remember the good ones, so yeah. that's fine. Uh, he's also recently been deepfaked already. He was deepfaked last year. He appeared in this weird Russian telecom ad that had no actual involvement from him. It was just another bald guy with his face on it. Yeah. Um, so uh, kind of a trailblazer, I guess. So are we going to continue to see dozens of low-budget Bruce Willis movies every year forever? Is deepfake retirement something that's going to get more and more popular with famous actors? Well, maybe, but Bruce Willis's representatives came forward to clarify that no, Bruce Willis has not sold his likeness rights to a deepfake company. He has worked with a specific deepfake company, Deep Cake. 
Sounds like fat ass. <laughs> She's got the deep cake. <laughs> it's uncanny. How <laughs> <laughs> did you just see that cake? Uh, whose website features his likeness prominently, as well as promotional quotes from Willis, but that was specifically in the context of advertisements released during a specific period of time, and all done with Willis's approval. So it's not out of the question that he might eventually strike a more long-term, wide-ranging deal, allowing this company or someone else to use his likeness however they like. But, uh, but for now, that is not the case. Uh, it's not even clear legally how such a deal might work, especially if the actor is dead or no longer able to consent to how the likeness is used. We're still on the precipice of some potentially really weird shit, but we're not quite there yet. Look, I like to think in terms of reality, and the reality is, if you die with your without signing off your likeness, and you're a big actor like Bruce Willis, like, it's going to be one or two generations before someone in your family fucking does it anyway. So you know what? Pull that ladder up. Yeah, I don't know. It's, I, I get it. Like, if you're an actor and, like, you're at an age where you're tired of this shit, but you still have, uh, you're still a draw, I get it. Like, for purely selfish reasons, you want your family to keep getting paid and you want to go enjoy your retirement? Fuck mm-hmm. it. You, you also don't care about the actual quality of what you're appearing in? Uh... Fuck it. But yeah, the I mean, the biggest thing I see is like in a future where like, you know, it's already we see this with like franchises now, like everything is an IP. Everything's a remake. Like if we see that with actors in the future, where like, why would why would we give you a role in this commercial when we got fucking Bruce Willis in the computer? I, I think it'll be, you know, complete recreations of uh, random people i i just think with actor fatigue already while they exist and have to put in the work themselves is still at a level that is unsustainable like is the rock really going to be able to guarantee a certain box office every single time well i guess we'll see with black adam uh, but like is bruce willis going to be that much of a draw when he's overused in the future on everything via deepfake like yeah yeah, there's probably diminishing returns to this, but um, it's free money. Yeah, I, you know, in that scenario, I, I I like to imagine that Harrison Ford just found out about this and is pissed what the fuck? that he's had to go on set for like the past decade with random Disney Steven, movies. Steven, did you know about this? You're telling me I didn't have to do a damn I thing. I broke so many bones yeah. working on movie sets these last 10 years, and all I wanted to do was smoke weed and fly airplanes at the same time. They made me take my earring out. <laughs> Uh, Well, let's move on, uh, because over the past few years, we've seen supply shortages of all sorts of things, the effects of which have ranged from mild inconvenience to life and death. And the latest big shortage is Adderall. To a lot of people, Adderall is the performance-enhancing drug you illegally take when you really need to be focused and productive. But to people with actual legitimate Adderall prescriptions, it's the pill that prevents their lives from spiraling into a complete mess. (laughs) Uh, one could certainly argue that Adderall is overprescribed and that amphetamines maybe aren't the best long-term solution to ADHD, but millions of people depend on Adderall to actually function in society. And it's currently nearly impossible to actually fill a prescription. So these people not only don't have the medication they depend on, uh, they're also experiencing withdrawal. So what's caused this? Well, here's Vice. If you want to ruin a pharmacist's day, all you have to do is try to fill an Adderall prescription. Pat Cassidy, a 37-year-old from New Jersey who has been prescribed Adderall for 12 years, would know. He said he recently called 16 pharmacies in the span of two days after being told his medication was expected to be on back order for two to three months. 
Hours spent in conversation with pharmacy associates extended into the following day. Eventually, he hit a wall. I mean, at a certain point, they're like, you know, fuck off, he said. Patients across the country are struggling to access Adderall, one of the most commonly prescribed treatments for attention deficit hyperactivity disorder, as a national shortage of the drug drags on. My life is turned upside down. My ability to deliver both at work and in my personal life the way I'm used to is compromised, Cassidy said. A labor shortage at Teva, the largest supplier of Adderall in the U.S., put the medication on back order in August. Since then, several other pharmaceutical companies also reported shortages, including Amil and Sandoz. The three companies did not respond to requests for comment. Nobody wants to make meth anymore. <laughs> Nobody wants to do it. The, the problem is, is now there's a shortage. It's a self-fulfilling shortage because they can't have the limited amount of number or number of workers that they're allowing to work because that's already been debunked. That, that the now hiring sign is debunked. It is there for aesthetic purposes only yeah. and to make sure that customers don't overreact when the two people running the entire place are yeah. slow. But uh, yeah, now that they're like, our staff of however many, uh, the production has gone down for some reason. I, I don't understand the I just productivity. Think it's, it's so cool that in this country of like 350 million people, um, uh, a staffing shortage at one factory can cause uh, months of supply shortages of fucking medicine. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Well, it's just like the Suez Canal. Yeah. One bad thing happens and everything's fucked. Two bad things happen? Well... We're living through That's it. the apocalypse. <laughs> so yeah, in addition to the labor shortage reason, there's also the fact that Adderall is very strictly regulated, and for good reason, but that means that different manufacturers are only allowed to produce a certain number of doses, and that number of doses uh, might not actually line up with how much Adderall is actually being pre prescribed. And when you have one factory that's understaffed or whatever, the other factories can't necessarily pick up their slack because they're limited uh, to... Their normal production no, schedule. They need, they need to do it like corn, where there's Adderall silos across yeah. the entire Midwest. I mean, honestly, that every every drug, like we saw this with COVID. It's like, oh, we only have like enough uh, N95 masks for like one <laughs> yeah. hospital. It's like, shouldn't we maybe be like stockpiling important things? Because like clearly, with our like uh, just every year, like every yeah, year, just like with our, once a year, have someone do a little tally with our just-in-time supply chain, like. Anything that goes wrong, we've seen this repeatedly, anything goes wrong, the whole thing falls apart, you have no inventory on anything. So why don't we create a surplus of things and keep them? Just in case. Yeah. Just in case. How expensive is it to make one little amphetamine pill? Probably not very. <sighs> Anyways, um, also, in fact, the amount of Adderall being prescribed did go up. I don't know if the quotas have gone up, but Adderall jumped more than 10% from 2020 to 2021. Thanks in large part to, well, first of all, the pandemic. Yeah. But uh, a lot of telemedicine startups came up and started prescribing it virtually over the Internet. Uh, two of those startups, Cerebral and Dunn, great name, have <laughs> recently been under investigation for violating drug laws. And Cerebral announced that they would be ending prescriptions just completely. Uh, and in the meantime, both CVS and Walgreens announced they'd no longer fill prescriptions from Cerebral or Dunn. And they did it in a very judgy way, like... Stop we fucking know with what those brains pills are for. Yeah. yeah like, like, I get why, you know, why they want to make it somewhat difficult. But, like... And know, I, I also get, like, the accessibility aspect of it, too. Because, like, for, for someone who, like, has attention or a mood disorder or anything like that, like, the process of starting a relationship with a, a, a doctor or whatever... 
uh, is it's a so huge ordeal. monumental. So I get both sides of it, but yeah, it really seems like specifically these companies. If you clicked a button, it was like, oh, here you go. Yeah, that's not good. No, but also, like, there has to be a middle ground between just like, hello, I'd like some Adderall, please, and they're like, it shoots out of your computer. A middle ground between that and like. You know, you live in a city like Los Angeles and there's like one like licensed psychiatrist for every like 20,000 people and it's impossible to get an appointment. Yeah. And, and if it, you do, they don't carry insurance. So it costs you like hundreds of dollars just to see them and get tested and then get a prescription. And for in it. that scenario where they're, uh, you know, stretched so thin, it's basically the same pro- process. Oh, you think you have ADD? Fine. Here you go. I have 10 more patients out there. Yeah. Uh, anyways, Vice's coverage of this shortage mostly focuses on the effect that it's had on patients, and their stories are all pretty similar. Calling around to dozens of pharmacies unsuccessfully, rationing remaining medication, and using it on a case-by-case basis instead of daily, and just generally being extremely frustrated with the situation. Getting Adderall was already difficult before due to regulation, and required maintaining a tight schedule of doctor and pharmacy appointments to avoid gaps in doses. And now it's even worse. As one person tells Vice, Making someone with an executive function disorder try to call a bunch of places and do things and organize things is the particularly cruel nature of this. <laughs> it really is. Yeah. That's like what I'm saying. It's just like... Of all the people who should not be put in the position of like having to go through this many hoops for the medication that they need, uh, it's people with attention deficit yeah. disorder. Yeah. Uh, anyways, it's unclear when the supply issue will be resolved. Manufacturers say it should be within the month, but that's also what they said back in August, and it's October now. This might line up with the, uh, uh, you know, the raising of the rates with the Fed. They're like, we need to make the workforce, you know, a little less productive. That could be it. Yeah. <laughs> Slow things down a little bit. Yeah, everyone's too productive with that Adderall. They're yeah. actually getting shit done. The Adderall has made it so they can work from home and get everything that they need to get done done in two hours and then spend the rest of the day watching TV with their dog. And buying shit online. We need to ban yeah. these drugs, turn our workers back into the sluggish husks of themselves that they used to be. Yes. The, it's it's all part of the process. You see, if you take Adderall, you skip all the, the, the good things that make going to the office worthwhile. Like... Sitting in traffic and trying to find the perfect radio station or uh, going to uh, the coffee shop because you're going to need coffee if you want to yeah. get your day started in yeah. the working world. I bet you'd like a, a little bit of chemical uh, pick me up, wouldn't you? And make sure you don't stop at that coffee shop if you already had your pill because driving to work will be a nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> Am I driving or flying? Why is the P.V. Herman music playing? <laughs> sir, you are parked inside of a fucking car wash. <laughs> 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 it's like when they when they travel in Star Wars. Wow. Like, <laughs> so you're going backwards on the highway. We're going home, Chewy. Uh, <laughs> every day is fun when you mix drugs around. Don't do it. Don't, Kidding. Yeah. Joking. Be, be very Susan, careful. It's a joke. Obviously, it's a joke. Anyways, if you somehow missed it, yes, we did cover the biggest scandal in sports. Not the various multiple concussions that are ravaging the NFL right now. No, but that's perfectly fine. Yes. <laughs> that, Those men know what they signed We would for. have to uh, inspect the nation as a whole uh, yeah. in order to solve that. No, we found the weights inside the fish, and uh, a, a two people are in a lot of trouble. They're in a lot of trouble. Yep. And if you haven't seen it already, we have the latest episode of Weekly Weird News, so check all of that out. Subscribe to the channel, leave a comment, and for the 5,000, leave that like. Bye-bye. <laughs>